Hey, welcome into Pastor Doug Talks About. I'm here with Pastor Doug to talk about New Year's and what's to come with that. I don't know what the title is exactly, but it's something like that. So we're going to be talking a little bit about what the new year holds for us and how to start strong. We actually just talked about how to finish strong in our last sermon series on David's life, and we'll we'll hear a little bit more about that. But now that we've finished strong, it's a good time to start strong, especially in the new year. So what I'm curious about is, Pastor Eric, do you have any New Year's resolutions going into 2024? New Year's resolutions. Well, I've resolved to to listen to my son less. That's oh, one of my this is off to a bad start. <laughs> That's one of my big goals. Uh, to be completely honest, I think I gave up on the New Year's resolution thing many years ago. Uh, I, I've decided that it makes a lot more sense just to kind of put things in place that get me moving in the right direction, rather than setting a bunch of goals that I may or may not uh, give up on by the second week of January. So. Yeah. You know, um, my wife and I were just talking about New Year's resolutions the other day with New Year's approaching. And one of the things that we had actually recently heard, we're a brand newly married couple. And we had heard from a married couple that has been married for a very long time. They asked us a question. They said, uh, do you guys have any um, verses that you live by for your marriage or maybe a yearly verse you want to attack? And so... We were like, no, but we really like that idea. So we are in the process of kind of uh, coming up with a verse to live by for at least this year and also a verse that we can always point to in our marriage to kind of uh, look back at. So that's kind of our New Year's resolution as a couple that we're looking for. And it's not really a new year. We just want to determine it this year, basically, right? So I think that's maybe one of the differences between you and me is that you have like a verse to live by this year, but I try to live by the whole Bible. Yeah. No, I yeah, just that's yeah, I just take it one step at a time. <laughs> I'm not I'm not quite there yet. But yeah, it's exciting. New Year's come with a lot of excitement and a lot of changes. Um and like I had referenced, we just finished uh, talking about in our sermon series about what it means to be a man after God's own heart. And we looked at David's life and you dissected that, the insides and outs, the goods and bads, and there's a lot of bads, but you talked a lot about how he finished so strongly um, this past week during the message. And if you haven't heard it yet, I would suggest you maybe even pause this here, go back to the last message, check it out. But um you talked about finishing strongly. Um, so what do you think helps us set ourselves up going into something new to be able to finish strongly? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, one of the things that really struck me about David's life, I, I mentioned in the sermon that uh, really my favorite statement about David is in the New Testament in the book of Acts where it says that uh, David served God's purpose in his generation, or some translations say David accomplished God's plans in his generation. And that is so inspiring to me to think about that, especially when you think about the fact that David's life did have so many ups and downs, right? And and even the end of the story of David isn't all um, roses. He he struggles significantly even at the very end. And so we go, well, maybe he didn't finish strong. <clears throat> but with a thousand years to look back, God says, he accomplished my purpose in his generation. And that tells me that it's not so much just about how did I finally, what was my last thing before I died? Or uh, how well did I do in my senior years? 
the fact is God looks at our entire life and says, I created you for a purpose and I gave you this life for a reason. And it's a stewardship for you to handle this life in a way that brings God glory. And when you, when it's all said and done with all the ups and downs, God looks at David and said, this is a man who was oriented toward me. This is a man whose life was about worship. This is a man who built into his life things that would help him be closer to me. And I think when you look at it, you can't go, oh, is this one thing or this other thing in David's life? It was the fact that he oriented his life towards spiritual maturity and honoring God. And in the end, with all the ups and downs, God was pleased. And, and you know, Paul talks in Second Corinthians about the fact that being pleasing to God is really the definition of success. And so to be a man after God's own heart has more to do with orienting your life toward God and taking steps in the right direction. And one of the things I appreciate so much about David's life is that he has a track record of repentance. And so for me, that's encouraging because I don't always make the right decisions. I don't always choose to ignore temptation, but repentance is always an option and repentance is always pleasing to God. So he lived a life that was oriented that way. And that to me is is really, really encouraging. And that doesn't just happen by accident. Yeah. So I think that um, any believer in Christ that I would talk to would say, yeah, it makes sense. Live your life for Christ, right? That sounds like a good start. I think we could all agree on that. Do you have any practical how to start doing that, especially New Year? People are looking to do new things and mm-hmm. try something new, maybe give something a, a shot. Mm-hmm. Is there any practical advice you say, okay, maybe this year this is a, a small goal you can set to start walking with God in a more consistent, reliable basis to really start uh, solidifying that foundation? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what I'm going to do is give you uh, a couple of thoughts that are very specific about steps that people can take even at the beginning of the year to sort of get themselves on the right path. Before I get there, though, I was thinking as you were asking that question, there's there's a principle that is taught throughout Scripture that uh, it, it goes by different names. Uh, in Galatians chapter 6, it, it talks about whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. And so it's the law of sowing and reaping. Uh, I, I read a book one time by Andy Stanley called The Principle of the Path, which is the same idea, but he sort of puts it into different words. And he says, you know, every path leads somewhere. So it, the problem is that so often people have a place they want to go. I, I want to have a happy marriage. I want to be financially secure in retirement. I want to be physically fit, whatever the case yeah, all is. All good things too. Exactly. Good things that people want to have happen in their lives. But years go by and we go, oh, I'm less physically fit than I was five years ago. Oh, my my marriage is worse than it was last year. What happened? The problem is that every path leads somewhere. And so I always think of it this way because we're in the city of Duarte where where the 210 freeway and the 605 freeway meet. The 605 dead ends into the 210. And so if you're in Duarte and you want to go to Long Beach, you have to get on the two on the 605 south. If you get on the 210 east, you're going to end up in San Bernardino. And you can't get to San Bernardino and go, man, what went wrong? What went wrong is you chose the wrong road. And I think so often it comes down to that. It's a simple, simple idea. 
we're actually choosing the wrong road and we do it in little increments, little by little, instead of actually saying, okay, this is where I want to go and this is how you get there. So I really appreciate that question. All right, so get practical. How do we get there? And and I'm assuming now for the sake of discussion that that one of the goals that we might have is to is to be more mature in Christ, to be more mature in general, to be a more mature follower of Christ. And if that's the case, there are some things we just literally have to do that you're not going to get there if you don't get on this path. And one of those things is we must develop our relationship with God. That doesn't just happen naturally. It doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't happen without effort on our parts. We have to be really intentional about that. So if we're going to develop our relationship with God, one of the most important things about developing any relationship is simply spending time together getting to know the other person. And that seems a little weird to us when we're talking about God who we can't see and we can't touch and all of that. But the truth of the matter is, God gives us a path to get to know him better. In his word, he speaks to us. And, you know, I've talked about this many times, but one of the things I love about the word of God, the Bible, is that it's not just that God spoke it once upon a time and someone wrote it down. It's that God is speaking it now. It's living and active. And so if I want to get to know God, I need to expose myself to the Bible, And for whatever reason, that seems to be one of the biggest challenges that we face as Christians. So many of us know that we ought to be people of the word, but we never build into our lives the discipline to do that. Yeah. So do you have any great practical advice for maybe that specifically? How do you tie in getting into the word and spending time with God more regularly on everyone's you know, uh, schedule. It's, it's, we all, again, would love to say, yeah, obviously I want that, but it's hard to do. And we all know that, but what are some practical steps we can take that maybe make it a little bit easier or challenge ourselves to do that could help? Yeah. And, and I get asked questions like that pretty often. And this is where I push back a little bit because the truth of the matter is when most of us are honest, we would admit that we simply do not do it. It's not that there's not enough hours in the day. People talk about, well, I'm so busy, I don't have enough time. You have the exact same number of hours in a day as everybody else does. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how we divide it up and how we use it. How we use our time should reflect our values and the things that we're trying to do. So it does take some time. And and don't 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 turn off here. Don't don't lose me here and go, ah, you know, I, I can't read the Bible for an hour. I get bored. I fall asleep. Okay, look, start where you are. Start where you are and start reading the scripture directly. Just tell yourself, I'm going to read 10 verses a day. I'm going to read one chapter a day, whatever the case may be. And there's many different tools out there that will help you with this. There's applications you can put on your phone. The the uh, The Bible app is one of the best applications I've ever seen. There are so many things you can do. It's free of charge and it will guide you through daily readings. It will read it out loud to you if mm-hmm. you have trouble reading it yourself. You can do that sort of thing, but it will not happen if you don't make it happen. And so one of the things I suggest to people is, look, either uh, figure out what works for you, because not everybody is the same. For a lot of people, if you say, hey, before I leave the house in the morning, I'm going to spend 10 minutes in the Word of God. 
or 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever works for you. Um, and, and you build it in as a discipline. You know, somehow we all get our teeth brushed every morning. Somehow we all get a shower, or all, some of us get a shower every morning, um, and and we get dressed and and we do all those kind of things. But the thing we say is so important is the thing that we don't get to. And so you know, every person knows themselves. If you're a person who needs accountability, ask a friend to text you every morning at such and such a time and say, "Hey, are you in the Word today?" Or or set a reminder on your phone. Have that uh, that little voice on your Apple iPhone tell you every time, uh, hey, it's time for you to read the Word. Um, but one way or another, get into the Word. And by the way, a quick little note on this. I I realize I'm a person who has like literally thousands of books in my office. I'm a book guy. I love to read. Not everybody connects with learning through reading. Yeah, I was going to say that did not pass down to the, your next generation. I'll tell you that. Well, well your next generation is <laughs> in me specifically. <laughs> I was going to say you have a couple of sisters who read yeah, a lot. No, uh, but but so uh, I know for you, example for example, you would much rather listen to an audio book yeah. than than read the pages, uh, the print on a page. Mm-hmm. So if that's what works for you, great. Everybody needs to figure out what works for them. But what what the option cannot be is, well, I'll get around to it if I think about it, if it comes up. It really has to be built in. And with every other area of life, we accept that. We're like, okay, I'm not going to get stronger if I don't go to the gym every day, or I'm not going to you know, learn how to play the piano if I don't sit down and practice. But somehow with the Word of God, we just think, well, if I show up on Sundays, it'll somehow get into me. And that's just not how it works. And we have to take responsibility. It's a stewardship on our part to be in the Word. So so I guess the first that's my first part of my answer to your question about practical steps. Mm-hmm. Get into the Word. That's God talking to you. What about practically within the church? Because obviously we who are speaking right now work for this specific church, Grace Fellowship in Duarte. Most of you who are listening either attend this church or know us to some degree, or maybe you don't. Maybe you somehow randomly got here, and I'll welcome you. If you've gotten here this long, good for you. But for all of us who might be listening, what are some ways we can maybe do that within the church? Um, Is there some direction you have as the church's leader on that? Well, one of the things that people will hear me say over and over and over again is that we were created for community. So part of being a part of a local church is that it puts us in relational community to other people. And most of those people in your local church, whether you're part of Grace Fellowship or you're part of another church, most of the people in your local church would also like to be growing spiritually more than they are. And we're, you know, it's not an unusual thing. And so what I would say is find a partner or a small group, uh, join a, a Bible study, uh, but particularly get into something where there's a certain level of, for lack of a better word, accountability, where there's somebody else who's also reading along and you get together and talk. I know um, my wife does an amazing job of this. She'll go through studies with other women who live far away, but they're each reading this chapter this week, and then they'll go online and uh, write emails back and forth or talk on the phone or FaceTime or something so they can talk about what they've been learning, ask each other questions, figure out how to pray for each other, that sort of thing. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, 
hopefully, if you're a part of Grace Fellowship, um, you would agree that uh, this is a church where the Word is taught. It's really heartbreaking to realize how many people are in churches where the Word of God is not really actively taught. It just gets referred to, but it doesn't get taught. I would really start praying and thinking about whether that's the church for you. Because we need to be fed on the Word of God. We grow spiritually by the Word of God. It's our spiritual food. It's the source of our maturity. And if you're not in a church that helps you do that, you should be in a church that helps you do that. And by the way, I'm not just talking about whether the pastor uses the Bible in his preaching. I'm talking about what permeates the culture of the church. Are there gatherings of people where the Word of God is talked about? Is the Word of God actually respected and followed? Are there people who are more mature than you who can help you to think about how you apply the Word of God? One of the things we were talking about in our staff a, a couple of weeks ago is the fact that... Um, Sometimes the struggle is with knowing what is this the really teaching when I'm reading a passage. You could be it's interesting to realize how many people will uh, read a passage of scripture, pull it out of its context, think it means one thing, and then decide how to apply it to their life based on what they think it means when that's not at all what it meant. The truth is that the Bible only means what it means. It may apply in a different way in your life than it does to mine today or something like that, but it only means what it means. And unfortunately, there's an epidemic among Christians and and teachers in the church today that don't seem to have a, a whole lot of respect for getting the Word of God in its context and going, this is what it means. Before you can ask, what does it mean to me? You have to ask, what does it mean? And that takes some effort. It's It goes beyond devotional reading. So these are levels of depth here. On the one hand, I would love it if everybody would at least open the word and read something every day, even open a devotional and read that. But understand that you're not going to get much, much depth that way. You're going to actually have to dig in and figure out what does it mean. And, and that is a a place where the rest of the church comes in. Yeah, I will say one of the things that's helped me significantly in that aspect of actually digging in and getting more from the Word um, is not just reading it on my own like you're talking about, but going to men's Bible study where we tear apart verse by verse some pretty dense stuff and talk about it in depth, look at other references in depth, and then also in Grace groups. Like we have a young adult group that me and my wife host, and um, we've had some great discussions lately in our groups about some sometimes off the wall, wild stuff, but really just analyzing it with the Word of God and seeing um, what is true and really thinking intelligently about this stuff rather than just accepting it because, oh, that's what I was taught in Sunday school. And that's helped me grow a ton. I know that my wife would probably say the same thing. Um, and I would say if it was up to me at times in my life when I was uh, maybe contemplating whether to go to Bible study at 8 a.m. or not, I would have said no at times. But then once I started deciding yes, it really changed how I go about understanding the Word and really my relationship with Christ. So that's been a huge thing for me is really making those Bible studies or the groups that I'm in a core part of 
what I do on a week-to-week basis. So I'm looking forward to men's Bible study coming back in, I think, two weeks here. And also, grace groups are coming back, which is how we meet during the week. Um, if you ever hear about grace groups, it's we gather at someone's house or at the church, about 10 to 20 of us usually unpack something going on in everyone's life or the sermons or just kind of get together and fellowship and dig into the word some. And those are the kind of things that have been really helping me grow, I know, spiritually. So I'm excited that those are coming up. So honestly, if if you're listening to this thinking, okay, well, what can I actually do to start taking these steps? I would suggest checking out on our church center app, the grace group section, seeing if there might be a group there for you that you can start uh, attending starting in a week or two here, or um, start coming to a Bible study or something like that, right? Get plugged in in that sense. It is a commitment as far as your schedule goes, but it's not that big of a commitment. Once a week, maybe an hour or two every week, um, and it genuinely will help you take those steps. So it's cool to hear some of that advice from you. And, and I think that's a combination that really works. The combination of personal devotional life, I get up in the morning or if it works better for me to use my lunch hour or when, before I go to bed, whatever works for me, when I can get quiet and get alone with God to open the word and begin to be somebody who feeds on the word. Listen, you don't have to be a quote unquote Bible scholar. You don't need a PhD in Bible. Just start... Um, exposing yourself to the truth of God's word. That's something you do on a personal level. And then on a corporate level, take advantage of the fact that God put you in a community. And so whether that's one-on-one discipleship relationship, doing a study with a small group, coming to a men's Bible study or a women's Bible study or a youth Bible study, you know, or joining a grace group, whatever, we all know this from experience. We succeed much better at these things when we do it with somebody. And and think about all the people that are buying gym memberships right now because it's the beginning of January. And uh, the gyms left all the way to the bank because they know that by March, the place will be empty again, but they will have sold those memberships. One of the things that they say, I, I can't speak intelligently about this from experience, but one of the things that they say about how to be successful at getting in shape is that if you do it with somebody, just have somebody that you go to the gym with, have somebody who you are um, even uh, competing with or, or working together toward a goal or, or whatever, it makes a huge difference. Don't forget God created us for community. If you try to do it by yourself, you're in big trouble. Well, it's exciting stuff. Um, you know, as we're about to head into this new year, we're going to be first off kicking off with a sermon in your ever so famous sermon series, Where Do We Go From Here? This will be part 33, and that's because every first Sunday of the year, you add another part to this. So we're going to be talking about where do we go from here in a, a practical sense with Grace Fellowship and the story that we've gone through and leading up to where we are and what God's doing in our church. And then we're going to be diving into a new sermon series, which we might be talking about in the next weeks here to come. So that'll be really exciting. It's it's the start of a new year. It's a time where some people are willing to try some new things out. So if any of what Pastor Doug talked about today piques your interest, there's more information on Church Center, or you can contact us in any myriad of ways, and we're happy to answer some questions. But hopefully uh, this new podcast that we're trying out is a little nugget of something new and exciting and 
enjoyable and encouraging to you. And um, hopefully you're just at home or in your car, wherever you are, and you're encouraged a little bit today. So that's going to be our goal in a lot of these podcasts, to encourage you and hopefully give you some sense of direction or purpose. And so we're excited to keep doing that throughout this year, and we hope that you can stick around with us a little bit longer through the year to uh, get more out of this. So thanks for being here uh, with us today, and we will see you next week.